Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Reckless. When the X-Files premiered, I worked in a video store in my town. And the day after it premiered, I went to work, and one of my friends who worked there with me, I knew was a big fan of horror and science fiction, so I brought up the show to him and said, did you catch it? And he said, yeah, I had watched it. And we started talking about it. We both loved the show. After a couple of weeks, I said to him, you know, this show kind of reminds me of a show I used to catch in repeats. I think it was called The Night Stalker. I didn't have clear memories of it, but I knew it was something like that. I said it has the guy from A Christmas Story in it. He'd never seen it. Now, there was another guy who I worked with who was a bit older. And he overheard us talking, and he said, the show you're referring to is Kolchek the Night Stalker. It had Darren McGavin in it. And we started talking about it. He had not seen The X-Files, but started watching it after that. We talked all the time about The X-Files, and both of us tried to catch up on Kolchek the Night Stalker. Luckily, there were some tapes in the store that had them, and we would watch them whenever we could. It turns out that, much like me, he was a late-night movie watcher. And when you're a late-night movie watcher back before cable was huge, you saw a lot of horror films, you saw a lot of telemovies that they would rebroadcast. And one of the things you would catch is Kolchak the Night Stalker. As it turns out, there was another worker in the store who was also a big fan of those movies. And whenever we worked together, all we did was talk about these late-night TV shows and horror films and all this great stuff. They turned me on to shows that were in reruns that I had never watched, like Dark Shadows. At the time, I thought it was pretty amusing that we all have this in common. Because there was so little for us to watch early on, we all were exposed to the exact same thing. We were a brotherhood of late-night television. It was a great time for me in that I was discovering that people had some of the exact same tastes in movies and television and... It was also nice to talk to people who were older than me because they had been exposed to many, many more years of this stuff and could recommend a great many things that I had never seen before. And the fact that we were in a video store often gave me access to not just the videos that were there, but people who were very much interested in videos. It's actually when I started tape trading when I was there and would get TV shows that weren't available through the people who would come in. It's sad that people don't get to work in video stores anymore. There are very few of them left, it seems. Because if you're interested in film, it is probably one of the greatest film history educations you could get. On today's show, we're going to talk about the impetus for the brotherhood of late-night television, Kolchak the Night Stalker. We're going to give an overview of the show, talk about stars, we'll talk about how it got started, we'll talk about the telemovies that were made, the writers behind those movies and the TV show. We'll talk about the actors involved, especially the star, Darren McGavin. And we'll talk about its influences on other shows and the brief remake attempt a couple of years later. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Belichick the Night Stalker was an American television series that aired on ABC, and it aired on September 13th, 1974, for the first time. And it would go off the air on March 28th, 1975, way too quickly. It was all about a newspaper reporter named Carl Kolchak, who was played by the amazing Darren McGavin. And Kolchak has to go out and investigate crimes, and... All of these crimes have unlikely causes and usually veer into supernatural or science fiction territory. While the series had a good collection of scares, it was mostly lighthearted and often had a dark comedic core to it. To balance out the horror of going out and investigating murders or stuff like that, there was often another side where Kolchak would go into his office and we'd have to meet his funny and quirky co-workers. A little bit about Darren McGavin. He was born in 1922 and sadly passed away in 2006. Most science fiction fans know him as Kolchak, but most Americans probably know him from the holiday classic A Christmas Story, where he played the father. If you were watching TV in the 50s, you probably know him as the tough-talking star of Mickey Spillane's My Camera. Kolchak the Night Stalker originated in an unpublished novel called The Kolchak Papers, which was written by Jeff Rice. In the novel, a Las Vegas newspaper reporter, Kolchak, tracks down and defeats a serial killer who turns out to be a vampire. A little bit of interesting trivia, although the character in the novel is named Carl, Carl Kolchak. It is revealed that that's not his real name. He has a more feminine real name, Carol, and changed it to Carl, I guess, to prevent being mocked. Now, the novel would be unpublished until the first telemovie based on it would come out, and that was in 1972 and would be published by Pocket Books. The cover has Darren McGavin on it. It and the novelization of the sequel movie, we'll talk about those in a second, were republished by Moonstone, who's also done some comic work on Kolchak the Night Stalker, as an omnibus edition called the Kolchak Papers. So they bring in some big guns to work on the Night Stalker and make a telefilm. And I say big guns. They bring in a now legendary science fiction writer named Richard Burton Matheson. He's an American author and screenwriter from New Jersey who works primarily in fantasy, science fiction, and horror. And most Americans got their exposure to him probably when he was a writer on The Twilight Zone. But he's also written some amazing books that have been turned into movies, What Dreams May Come, Somewhere in Time, and I Am Legend. And if you're going to see I Am Legend, see The Last Man on Earth, which is a Vincent Price film, rather than the more modern one. It's a lot better. So they bring Richard Matheson on to adapt the book into a movie, and that movie would be called The Night Stalker. In the opening of the film, Kolchak is on the bed of a sleazy hotel, speaking into a portable tape recorder about a story he's written and how he has to withhold it from the authorities. He describes a series of murders where people have been drained of all their blood, and he has come to suspect that the killer believes himself to be a vampire. Kolchak eventually in the story comes to suspect that this guy not only thinks he's a vampire, but actually might be. In fact, Kolchak is even able to convince the police that they're fighting a vampire. But it is he who ultimately takes the vampire down. In the end, we find out that even though he was supposed to have an exclusive story about this killer, that exclusive was not honored. And Kolchak finds himself out of a job. He's also told by the Las Vegas police that he can never return to Las Vegas. Later on, an episode of the TV series would be a sequel to this telemovie. So this movie does pretty well, and ABC is impressed, so they commissioned Matheson to write a second movie. This one would premiere in 1973, and it was called The Night Strangler. This one took place in Seattle and featured a killer who also 
took people's blood to keep himself alive through the use of alchemy. So Kolchak, driven out of Vegas, now in Seattle, manages to find a new girlfriend. He is not able to find the girlfriend from Vegas. She split town at the police's urgings, and he's been unable to find her. So he meets another girl who's an exotic dancer slash pre-med student, aren't they all, named Louise Harper, and she assists him in finding the strangler. At the end of this story, Kolchak is again out of the job, and this time, accompanied by his boss and his new girlfriend, he splits town again, and they're all headed toward New York and supposedly more adventures. Dan Curtis directed and produced this second movie, and it did real well in the ratings. Rice was brought in to write a novelization based on Matheson's screenplay, which is a complete reverse of how the first one came along. This novel, as I mentioned, was also published by Pocket Books, and the cover has a real close-up of an eye on it, if you ever see it. So these telefilms are going real well, and ABC's thinking, well, let's get a third one. So they hire Matheson again to write another one. This one's called The Night Killers. He finished that in 1973, but before they could turn it into a movie, they decided to pick up Kolchak the Night Stalker as a TV series. So ABC goes to the producer, Dan Curtis, and the screenwriter, Richard Matheson, and said, hey, would you like to work on the show? Both of them said, no, thank you, which is odd since they had both worked on the telefilm but oh well. They were able to score McGavin, which is really what they needed, and he returned as Kolchak and would function as sort of an executive producer, although I'm not sure he ever held that title. Cy Shermack and Paul Playden had those titles, and they were appointed by Universal, and I think the fact that McGavin was doing more than they wanted him to caused a lot of friction. ABC failed to obtain the permission to make this show from Jeff Rice, and a lawsuit would result. This was resolved shortly before the series aired in the fall of 74, and Rice would receive an on-screen credit as the series creator. The first four episodes of the series aired as The Night Stalker. Then ABC took it off the air for a month. When it returned, it was retitled Kolchak The Night Stalker. The show had a wide variety of guest stars. You had Randy Boone, Scatman Crothers, Dick Van Patten, Larry Storch, Murray Matheson, Phil Silvers, Bernie Copel, Jackie Mason, John Hoyt, and Dwayne Hickman. And now those were just the veteran actors who they used. It also gave a lot of other actors their start. And this is pretty amazing for a short-lived series, less than two seasons. Tom Skerritt, Eric Estrada, William Daniels, Jamie Farr, Pat Harrington Jr., Larry Linville, and Richard Keel all got their start. Richard Keel would play various monsters on the show, and he would go on to play Jaws in the James Bond movies. Not only did it give a lot of actors their start, but it also gave some writers their first professional credit. David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, worked on the series as a story editor. This was his first regular crew position in Hollywood. He was also credited with eight episodes, but as the story editor, he helped in rewriting the other 12 episodes. And McGavin and others often attributed the show's quirky sense of humor to his creative input. And the episode Chopper, which is episode 15 from the first season, was also the first script that Robert Zemeckis, writing with Bob Gale, sold in Hollywood. So if you're a big fan of Kolchak the Night Stalker, this might sound familiar.
that is the theme to Kolchak the Night Stalker. We had a variation of the theme at the very beginning of the show written by Peachy, who does a lot of the music for the show. Now, originally, Robert Colbert, I'm not sure Colbert or Cobert, I think Stephen Colbert has now me pronouncing all Coberts as Colbert. Well, Robert Cobert or Colbert scored the music for the original television movies. Then Gil Millet was hired to write the music for the series, and it begins with that distinctive whistle that you hear. And as I mentioned during the Night Gallery podcast, Millet did the music for that, and in the Night Gallery, it was a very unusual theme. That one also happened to be the first theme to be entirely arranged for electronic instrument. Millet left the series after the fourth episode because he thought the show wasn't dark enough. It was becoming too lighthearted, and composer Jerry Fielding took over the remaining series. Two soundtrack albums have been produced for the series. One was released in 2000 and featured two suites of Bob Colbert's music from the TV movie. The other soundtrack album, which was released by Universal Television in 2002, featured Gil Millay's theme and scores written for the first three episodes, which were the UFO, the Ripper, and Vampire. When Millay was hired, the theme was written 20 minutes before the opening credits of the show were shot, so very quickly. And Millay was pretty talented. So, a little bit about the characters of the show. You had Carl Kolchek, played by Darren McGavin, and as I mentioned, he's an investigative reporter working in the Chicago branch now in the TV series of the Independent News Service, or INS, which is a small wire service. His prospects as a journalist are limited by his habit of irritating authority figures. In the show, he wears a trademark straw hat and seersucker suit, seemingly regardless of what time of year it is. And he really becomes a paranormal newspaperman. Some would even compare him to the real-life reporter Charles Ford. Tony Vincenzo was played by Simon Oakland, who was Kolchak's editor. Despite the fact that he always yells at Kolchak, he seems to be the only one who believes in him. Ron Updike is played by Jack Greenwich, who is Kolchak's rival at the INS. Emily Cowles played by Ruth McDevitt, who's the elderly puzzles and advice columnist at the INS. She seems to be the only one who is at least sympathetic to Kolchak in the show. Monique Marmelstein is played by Carol Ann Susie. She's an intern whose father owns the INS. She's kind of inexperienced and not well-loved by her co-workers. You also have Gordy Spangler, played by John Fiedler, who's a helpful morgue attendant. And Captain Siska, who's played by Keenan Wynn, who's a Chicago police officer. He and Kolchak do not get along that much. The show would eventually become sort of like a monster of the week, which would maybe be its undoing in the long run, but they did have a lot of great monsters on the show. It included stories on vampires, werewolves, mummies, zombies, devils, demons, you name it. One of my favorite episodes has to do with a headless motorcycle rider, which is based on the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Great episode. The show at first was successful and would do okay in the ratings, but it never really caught on with a large group of people, and after one year and 20 episodes, and at the behest of Darren McGavin himself, the show was canceled. McGavin was kind of sick of the Monster of the Week direction of the show, and kind of wanted it to be more humorous and quirky. I don't think they were willing to give the show a chance to do that, and they just decided to get rid of the show altogether. He asked for a release from his contract early, with two episodes left to be filmed, and oddly enough, the network said yes mostly because the show's ratings were going downhill. Later on, when the show was over, since it had too few episodes to really run in syndication completely, and this is where I probably remember it from, two television movies were cobbled together from episodes that had run, 
and those television movies were The Demon and the Mummy and Crackle of Death. They were strung together with a voiceover provided by McGavin to allow for some continuity in the show. The reason I was brought back into watching Kolchak the Night Stalker and why a lot of modern fans might have heard of it is because it had a very big impact on a show that had a much bigger influence, The X-Files. The X-Files creator Chris Carter acknowledged that the show influenced him greatly, and he paid tribute to Kolchak in a couple of ways. He named a character Richard Matheson, after the screenwriter of the pilot films, and he wanted Darren McGavin to appear in the show as Kolchak. McGavin was unwilling to reprise his role, but he was willing to appear on the show as another character, Arthur Dales, who's a retired FBI agent and the father of the X-Files. Just as a side note, Nicolas Cage, who produced the TV series The Dresden Files, said that Kolchak the Night Stalker was his inspiration for producing that series. With the success of The X-Files and Supernatural shows doing pretty well, a new Night Stalker series was brought out in 2005, with Carl Kolchak being portrayed by Stuart Townsend. The show started on September 29, 2005, and on November 14, 2005, the network and the creator of the show announced the cancellation due to low viewership. And that series is available on DVD. It's amazing that a show such a short run could have such an influence outside of television. The show has a pretty comprehensive companion written by Mark Dewidziak called Night Stalking, a 20th anniversary, which has details about the production of the movies and the TV series. In 1994, Dewidziak worked with the author Jeff Rice and produced the first official Kolchak material since the end of the TV series. The novel was called Grave Secret, and it moved Kolchak from Chicago to L.A., where he had obtained a job at the Hollywood Dispatch. And it's about a ghost guardian killing those responsible for the destruction of a cemetery. In 1996, Dewidziak's book was re-released as a 25th anniversary edition, with some additional materials since the 91 book. I'm sure he mentioned his book. In 2003, Dewidziak worked with Matheson to produce Richard Matheson's Holchek script, which contained the three original TV movie scripts, The Night Stalker, Night Strangler, and that unproduced Night Killers. In 2003, Moonstone Books published a comic book based on Kolchak the Night Stalker, and they continue to publish a series of original graphic novels featuring the character to this day. In 2004, MGM Home Video released the two pilot telefilms on DVD, and in 2005, Universal Home Studios released Kolchak the Night Stalker, the complete series, on DVD. So if you want some Night Stalker, you have plenty of material out there to get it. I have to admit, I don't watch a ton of newer TV. I do check out stuff at the beginning of the season, but it's hard for me to stick with some. So I watch a lot of older television whenever I can. The one thing I do have a tendency to check out all the time is new science fiction. And I'll usually stick with stuff for a couple of seasons, see if I enjoy it. What I would love to see come back is horror on television. Kolchak the Night Stalker, although lighthearted, was a pretty solid horror show that, in my little corner of the world, inspired a group of guys to get together and talk about the genre every other day for a couple of months, and inspired me, at least, to start collecting and viewing things that I had never seen before. So, much like Chris Carter in my own little way, I have been strongly inspired by Kolchak the Night Stalker, and it has occupied many, many hours of my life. Sadly, I've yet to produce a long-running television series like The X-Files, but in my own way, I'm very happy that the show existed, and I encourage you to check it out and share it with everyone you know.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. Thanks to Peachy for the music you heard at the very beginning of the show. He produced that piece for a regular over at the Retroist website, Vic Sage, who has his own website. And you can find Vic Sage's website, which is called In My Youth, Victory Was a Power Pellet, at victorypellet.blogspot.com. Did a great post about the fictitious Atari 2600 version of Kolchak the Night Stalker, which I would have loved to have played. I even posted some fake screenshots of it over at the Retroist. If you have some musical needs or just want to talk music, you can contact Peachy on the website or you can email him at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show and I hope you have a great weekend. This has been a retroist production. Goodbye.